Hey y'all, this is Vera Payam, and you're tuned into KW1S. This is episode five. Are you an ally or are you a bad guy? Sometimes we're both. So when I talk about allies, I don't just mean nice people. <laughs> I mean those who really see social injustice and are committed to correcting it. People who understand unearned privilege. When I say being the bad guy, I mean those moments where we know that we fucked up. Where we know deep, deep down inside that we were wrong. So for this episode, I want to start with a story. And this is not an easy story for me to tell. Because I'm definitely the bad guy. And I sure as hell wasn't being a good ally either. Around this time last year, I was really struggling to make ends meet. I could barely afford the rent in my studio apartment. My car had just been totaled by a drunk driver in a hit and run while I was gone in another state. I had no money, I had no car, I had no license. But I did have an opportunity for a job out of state. If I could get there. Fortunately for me, my best friend was there to make it happen. He fronted me the money to ship my stuff while I was in between pay periods. He gave me his car and he personally drove me up there because my license was suspended, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've been each other's allies for a long time. And the morning we were supposed to leave, something happened. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember all I remember is that we were running late and I was grouchy as fuck. I was just pissed that we were gonna miss my friends in San Francisco. I told them that we were gonna be there and now I was gonna have to flake. I fucking hate flaking. I hate changing my carefully laid plans, but I was so, I was just so fucking just frustrated and annoyed. And, but I knew, you know, I knew he was like doing me a favor. So I didn't wanna like say anything, but I mean, Obviously, I'm just I'm pacing around his apartment, just taking up space and just just being generally disagreeable. He, he tried to talk to me, but I was just too caught up in my own feelings. I was just so caught up that I couldn't see why he was trying to like get me to slow down. I just rolled my eyes. I like pushed him to get ready. Like I just quipped that whatever it was, we could talk about it on the 17 hour drive there. <laughs> Not even thinking about how my attitude is, is affecting him in his own space. He looked at my pouty little face across the table, deflecting conversation, and finally, he just couldn't take it anymore. And he looks me dead in the eyes, and he says, tell me, Vera, what do you do when you're the bad guy? I didn't say anything. He pressed on. He said, seriously, what do you do? We're all, I mean, we're all the bad guy at some point, right? I mean, that's part of being ethical is how we respond in those situations. Still didn't say anything. 
And he goes, and you know, I've been the bad guy before. Whether it was in my control or not, I've had to acknowledge the effects that my actions have had on other people. And every time it happens, I sit in it. And then I go out and I make up for it. And I do it without fanfare. He says, I know my answer to that question. So I'm asking you, Vera, what do you do when you're the bad guy? I, I didn't know how to answer that question. And I still couldn't see him. I couldn't see how my frustration was affecting him. I couldn't see, I still couldn't see how I was taking up his space, his time, his energy, his attention. I just couldn't see what I looked like from his side of the table. But I could feel that something was wrong. So eventually we got in the car, we made it to see my friends. I'm still driving his car. I'm even recording this episode from his table. <laughs> I owed him an answer. Being an ally means admitting that sometimes we are part of the problem. We didn't talk for a couple weeks after that. He was busy with work and I was busy settling into my new place. My new home was an old farmstead from the, turn of the from the turn of the century. I went from LA traffic on the 405 to living in a lush valley where I saw more cows than people on a daily basis. People called me ma'am. <laughs> uh, life was good. I was good. And yet I wasn't. So I called my friend and I told him I had an answer for his question. Who am I when I'm the bad guy? I said, I'm the spoiled brat. When I'm wrong, I'll argue with you, I'll fight back, I'll hold my breath, I'll yell, I'll throw a tantrum, I'll threaten to run away. And maybe for a little while, I will. I will run so far that I can't even see home anymore. And when I'm all out of breath, finally away from all of the fear that I feel because of the harm that I know that I've caused, when I catch my breath, and take a moment to reflect. I can usually begin to see where I went wrong. It's in this space when I'm away from shame and self-judgment that I can admit when I'm wrong. It's in the space that I can start to listen to others and I can start to see myself from their side of the table. Because I know, I just know inherently that the desire and the responsibility to make things right, it can only come from me. I'm the only one that can do that. 
And that's about the time when the chill starts to hit and the stars come out and it's too dark and I can't see anymore. And that's when I know it's time to go home. Go home and get to work. And get to work. <laughs> and then he says to me, wow, I didn't even know you were still thinking about that. <laughs> this is what it means to be a good ally. It doesn't mean always being right it do, or doing the right thing or saying the right thing or even knowing what the right thing is. It means having a willingness and a desire to own up to our mistakes. Even if our intentions were good. The goal isn't to be perfect. The goal is to be conscious of our social position. To be humble enough to acknowledge our mistakes. And to put in the effort to make sure that they don't happen again. Personally, that's all that I could ever ask from someone. Simply making a mistake doesn't make someone a bad person. For me, the real deal breaker is when people refuse to acknowledge or change obviously problematic behaviors and thought patterns. When it comes to being an ally for marginalized communities, Ann Bishop wrote two books on the topic. The first one, Becoming an Ally, Breaking the Cycle of Oppression in People. The second one, Beyond Token Change, Breaking the Cycle of Oppression in Institutions. Bishop defines being an ally as people who recognize the unearned privilege they receive from society's patterns of injustice and take responsibility for changing these patterns. <clears throat> so being an ally means first acknowledging that there are patterns of injustice, uh, that they are, and that these patterns are systemically reinforced by our social institutions, our schools, our courts, our prisons, etc., and being committed to changing them. The only way to achieve lasting and meaningful change is to actively challenge those external institutions or internal ways of thinking. And we have to confront our own internalized misogyny, sexism, racism, homophobia, Islamophobia, whatever it is, we all have them. If you grew up in a society of human beings, you got something. You got some form of those. I mean, you even heard me in the feminism episode. Even as committed as I am to, to dignity and human rights, I'm still uncovering and struggling with my own institutionalized patriarchal values and misogynistic behavior toward other women. So what is someone actually supposed to do? Well, the specifics of that question really depend on the groups that you'd like to support. Perhaps they have specific legislation that they'd like to pass, or maybe they want to start a conversation around certain issues. Either way, if we wish to be an ally, our responsibilities as allies, um, we have a few. And so one is to educate ourselves. It's our responsibility to know the, what the issues are and to listen to those people that we're trying to help. What kinds of issues are important to them? 
do they even want my help? <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> um, second thing, be honest with ourselves. We're going to hear things that are going to challenge our worldview. Maybe even challenge our own self-conception and self-image. It will not be comfortable. I will not be comfortable. And the third is it's our responsibility to build meaningful sources of connection within the community. It's not their job to make me feel included. It's my responsibility to engage others and to build their trust. I think that last one is really important because being an ally means it's not about me. It's not on them to welcome me into their community. It's on me to put in the work to build their trust and earn their respect. It's on me to earn my place in that community. Personally, I think being an ally means more than just not harming someone. It means more than just refraining from hurting people. To me, well, that's kind of par for the course. <laughs> and that doesn't necessarily make someone my ally. I think that makes someone mm, not a dick. Mm. <laughs> um, I do want to recognize, though, that Everyone does have different skills to bring to the table. Sometimes just being a shoulder to cry on or listening to someone's story can really mean a lot in that moment to a person who's suffering. But realistically, if we aren't working to change the system that caused that person's displacement and adversity and suffering, then these kinds of tragedies are just gonna keep happening. And we're going to find ourselves listening to these same stories, these same tragic stories over and over again. Racism, sexism, patriarchy, homophobia, these aren't individual problems with individual people. They aren't just perpetuated by individual people. They are systematically perpetuated. They're built into our schools, our courts, our laws, our history, our precedent, our everyday assumptions about how the world works. Only consistent and intentional conscious effort will change that. Personally, my first step is to just listen. Before I can help, I, I need to know what's going on. What are the issues? What kind of support are they looking for? I let people tell me their issues. I let them tell me how they want me to help. After all, these are their stories and their lived experiences. They might know them a little better than I do. <laughs> As an ally, it's our responsibility to listen. Because how will we know how to help if we don't listen. The number one thing I personally like to remember about being an ally is it's not about me. It's not about my story. It's not about my experiences or even my feelings. It's about understanding my role in someone else's. Even if I don't like it. Even if I'm the bad guy. 
So why am I an ally again? <laughs> this sounds like a whole lot of work. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm an ally because I'm just as selfish and greedy as you are. <laughs> I know that being an ally is in my best interest. Leveling the playing field is in my best interest. Supporting equal opportunity and equal access is in my best interest because it ensures that the most qualified people have a real chance at making their way into the most important social positions. I hope that my representatives, the ones who make the laws that directly affect my physical safety and well-being, I hope that they're in their positions because they're good at what they do and not just because they know how to manipulate an unfair system. When I'm in serious trouble and I'm forced to put my life in the hands of a professional, whether a lawyer or, or a doctor or surgeon, I hope that that person got their job because they are the best at what they do and not just because their family could afford to pay for their education. When we prevent segments of the population from developing and sharing their gifts, their talents, their skills, and their knowledge, we all lose out. I'm also an ally because I recognize that the same systems that are marginalizing and oppressing other people are the same ones that are oppressing me as well. A radical part of me just intuitively understands that my liberation is directly connected to that of all other oppressed people. Freedom isn't the right to just do whatever we want. It's the right to live free of harm and hate and injustice. Similar to feminism, if my idea of freedom is built upon restricting or encroaching upon someone else's right to live, then it, and that's not freedom. We validate freedom every time we give it to other people, not by taking it away. Thank you for tuning in to episode five of KW1S. And this has been Vera Payam. And thank you again for supporting me here on Patreon. And as always, if no one has told you today, please allow me to be the first. I don't know you, but I love you. <laughs>